today we're going to talk about love in relationships with our partner. So romantic, intimate love. And I'm Giselle Beaumet here with my co-host Enos, and you're listening to the Parenting Alchemy podcast. And we help parents to raise good human beings, beginning with self-healing and inner child healing and with connection-based parenting solutions. So let's begin. Yeah, I love with, uh, with a partner, and uh, I really would like to kind of dissect, like, what makes this relationship with, uh, with your partner? Like, you know, you got one end and you got the other end, and how does that uh, relationship work, seeing yourself, you know, whether it be every day, or if that's a long-distance ter- uh, long relationship, or what are, what are the elements that are affecting this relationship and how you can make that relationship work? Where does that really start? And I'm really curious how, uh, how that's going to play out with just so many experiences in our lives. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked so many times with, you know, our early childhood and relationships coming up as a teenager and how that's evolved over time um, to relationships in your mid-20s, early 30s, 40s, 50s, so on and so forth. You know, there's just so many things that could be uncovered through this conversation, and I look forward to it. So when when we're talking about love like with with another and and obviously for this focus we're focusing on well let's focus on our partners so let's focus yeah. on like love with a romantic intimate relationship mm-hmm. with Perfect. partner let's do that let's do that so <laughs> <laughs> oh man my hands are sweaty right because I don't know what's gonna I, I yeah yeah because <laughs> in my experience mm-hmm. when when there's been parenting issues or parenting right. conflicts or dealing challenges you know with their kid um almost i i mean i would say like 99.999% mm-hmm. of the time it has to also do with the relationship that the partners are experiencing. Yes. It's almost like top down. And it's some, and mm. it usually comes out at one point. I mean, it's in, in some way, and it could be as simple as they're not spending enough time together and they're right. now going to, to do that. But there's usually something that's missing in the parent relationship whenever there's been a a kid related issue. Mm. Have you found that to be true? Like, for example, with you guys in parenting? Mm, Absolutely. And I think for me, at least uh, personally, what it kind of starts with is my communication with either my, my children or with my wife. Like if I am not like openly honest with my intentions behind whatever conversation we have or the expectations for uh, our relationship um, and that need is not met based off how I feel that could go, you know, down a certain path. I mean, it may or may not be good. Um, So if I'm not communicating how I feel to my wife or my kids and they don't know what to expect from me, then they're just operating in the dark, really. And if they don't know how to communicate and, and see what, how I'm feeling, and there's just really a big disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But have you found like when, and when, 
Because I'm going to guess that, for example, with you and your wife, you guys are not always perfect, right? right. Like right. you have issues like everybody else. Have you found that when you're having those challenges in your relationship that you guys are like, have you made that connection? Like if you're having challenges in your relationship that you experience in more challenges in the parenting? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly um, affects just just everything, um, because when we're not on cue and when we're not on point with each other, um, there's just because hmm, I'm just thinking disconnect in general, and I'm seeing how that relates to my my relationship with my kids, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Yeah, just, just, I mean, cause, cause I'm thinking now, cause it doesn't happen so frequently mm-hmm. <laughs> nowadays because we, I've gotten to a good place and I communicate my needs so often now and I communicate perhaps my, my disappointments, you know, uh, so openly and honestly mm-hmm. um, to, so I'm thinking about the past now, um, and that really has affected when I just hold myself back and not say anything. Mm-hmm. So, so I know for me, when, when I was married, um, and our relationship was not, was not great. It was, um, I would say we were more like co-parents, roommates, raising children together, mm. um, than romantic, intimate relationship together, or at least, and definitely not emotionally supporting each other, um, which led eventually to us uh, divorcing, but we were together for 17 years. Um, I would say that while I was able to parent uh, my kids, and and I have selective memory, I think, a lot of times, because sure. when they were yeah. younger, I actually don't remember it being super, super hard. I do remember it mm. being very hands-on, like very, mm. you know, very hands-on. Um, but I think because I was so easy flowing and a lot of things were allowed, um, I don't, I didn't have a lot of rules for the kids. Mm. Now, what where our relationship affected me as a mother was in my satisfaction in my motherhood, like how I felt through motherhood, like I felt um, depleted in 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 the motherhood. And I directly connect that with having depleted myself because I wasn't pouring into myself, but I also wasn't pouring into myself because I wasn't even pouring into my relationship. So it was all connected. It was literally from the top down, me being the top, you know, because accountability, me being the top of who was not, yeah, yeah, you know, who was not actually, um, taking care of, of myself, which left no room to take care of my relationship, which left no room to take care of myself as a mother, everything was given to the kids. So when, when we got a divorce, and then eventually when I went through the healing process of that, because there's always healing process especially when you're 17 years together you know it's like you were a young adult and now you're like an older adult (laughs) out in the world (laughs) um 
but love definitely took on a different meaning for me after whereas love now is self-love first so i see love through the filters of i can't ask of my partner what i can't give to myself um i can't i cannot ask of my partner to be everything for me either um, I would say almost like my expectations of love are just lower, but I think more aligned with how love is, um, which is basically for me is a, is a verb, is an action, yeah. um, and it's a shared mutual experience. Mm. And, and I have a quick question too. It's like, so do you think when you see yourself in, in that relationship and how it's unfolded after 17 years, do you see it being like the perfect relationship to teach you about love? Which one? As, um, your your 17-year marriage and how it's evolved and the way you kind of look back on it now. Um, has it really just allowed you to learn more about what love means in that type of relationship? Yeah, it it allowed me. So, okay, so I would say it allowed me to see where I needed to grow. Mm, and nice. where I needed a heal yeah. and um, where my inner childhood wounds were still affecting my decision-making process um, and how I was functioning and seeing the world. And so it was through that relationship that all that stuff became clear to me. Uh, so because of all that work, yeah, in, in indirectly, it affected how I experience love now. Mm, and that's and that's beautiful because I was about to say I, I I find my relationship with my wife to be the my ultimate teacher and mm. um, my understanding of what love you know is and how I, I do want to give love. Um, because you know a couple of years ago I would really be in a state of lack. Like like I, I was always yearning for something but I didn't know how to receive it. And when I didn't know how to receive it um, I didn't know how to give myself the love that mm. I thought I needed and, you know, and seeking it elsewhere, it was just never the answer. Mm -hmm. And my wife being as patient as she is, she waited for me and she really, um, you know, kind of just took, you know, she, the things that I was lacking, she, she found it to, to be the um, back and forth that we had. And that was really my biggest teacher. It's like, I, I, after so many years, I was like, you know, what am I looking for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can I give it to myself? Mm -hmm. mm. I think that's so true. Being able to give it to yourself. And we don't, by we, I'm going to say I. <laughs> yeah. This is my new, my new thing is to stop using we so much and start using I, mm. or at least specify that I'm talking about about a particular segment. But um, I think for me, that that lesson of how can I expect of love what I can't give to myself mm. uh, is and I've, it seems a lot of times like we're told and, and we are told I know as mothers, I can speak for the mother's part that fulfilling yourself and your needs is a, is a form of selfishness. 
And it's not really like highly encouraged, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of martyr motherhood expectations. Right, um, right, right. And so, but, but yet, if as mothers, if mothers were to do that more, where they put themselves um, in a, in a higher slot of needs, yeah. how much greater the love to the partner would be and how much greater, I mean, it's like almost like watering, watering your own plant, Yeah, you know, like water your own self so that those flowers start to bloom and then everybody else can enjoy it too. Mm. But it starts with you. Mm. And, um, and we know obviously that how we grew up, just like how we love our kids, how we grew up affects what we think of as love and, and what, true love is based on what we received or didn't receive. So it's like, it's important to also analyze that. And I know that a lot of couples, cause I did it and I see it happening, get into relationships and then very quick, you know, very soon after sometimes years later, but still without the awareness they're marrying. And then very quickly yeah, after right, they're right. having kids and then right, their right. kids create all the challenges, right? Cause it's like, mm -hmm. Whoa, <laughs> Life is not how it used to be. You're super cute, but I'm, you know, like this is, this is draining. And then their relationships affected. Yeah. And um, I'm honestly, like, I see that now less and less people are choosing to get married and there's, you know, a lot of talk about how terrible that is. And I'm, I think, mm -hmm. wait a minute, maybe those people are just being really intentional about it. Yeah, and oh I think that's yeah. I think that's a great thing because they're allowing themselves to think about it and have that space to actually feel. Is this something that you know feels good to me? Mm -hmm. You know, do I really want to put myself in that position? Seeing how a lot of relationships have played out because there's so much information out there now that we can analyze it for ourselves and see, hey, maybe this is not what I want. You know, kids. And, and having a big family, you know, of what, you know, these, these were goals that we had not necessarily better, or maybe even thought of uh, as, as kids growing up, it's like, you know, have a family, do this and do that and make some money. Um, but people are, are seeing that, hey, maybe self-care, you know, pouring into yourself is definitely one of the priorities and you can kind of pivot from that and coming mm -hmm. from that space of learning how to love yourself. And again, just having everyone else enjoy you and your presence, because that's ultimately what it is to, to give, to give love. And that's what your, you know, your story, when we did our first mm. podcast, what really changed your life was yeah. that self-focus. Yeah. And, yeah. and that then resulted benefiting your wife, benefiting your children, you know, benefiting yeah. yourself, but it yeah. started with that self-reflection and spending that time in that silence towards you. Yes. Yeah. And, that, and again, it's just that silence is because now that uh, the discipline of, of sitting in that silence and allowing thoughts to kind of float on by as like clouds and, and allowing them to just you know, pass on by and in the midst of a conversation, 
you know, sometimes I would get sidetracked with my wife, um, but I always pull myself back to center and just really focus on her and what she's really trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, what are her intentions behind her words? Like, what is she really just trying to say? And, and maybe I can communicate with her um, to, if I just say a certain phrase that strikes a chord with her and imagine what conversation could come with that. If she knows that I'm focusing her and giving my attention fully to her, um, I can just see her uh, eyes light up all the time. And, you know, in return, it makes me feel good that, hey, I'm actually giving to my wife. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she wants to give more back to me. Mm-hmm. So when we speak about trust, when we speak about um, having that active listening skills and um, just, just the only positive things can come from that. Mm-hmm. And even if we dis- disagree with how we're parenting or maybe I've said something differently, still that, that space is given and we're allowed to speak openly and honest um, yeah. about those thoughts. And I find that so empowering. And I think it goes probably, I'm imagining too, that part of that is also the non-judgmental part of it, mm. where there's that space to just um, speak and share. And then you know that your partner is there to actively listen to you, to not, not just hearing you waiting to talk, right. you know, or right, waiting right. to, to say something back or correct something but actually receiving, like I think of the couples I've worked with where they're having, you know, issues um, shortly, you know, within, a, within the first year of, of their child being born and then all the way through, you know, where the, the issues will show up. And, and I did this myself too in my marriage. So I'm really familiar with it, but it's the, the assumption that they're out, you know, to attack you or that they're out to judge you or they're, and I wonder, okay, what it happens, what would happen if you, if you remove all those guards, you know, and all those right. like protectors and, yeah. um, and lean back and do just a little bit more of digging. What right. are they trying to tell me? You know, right. what, what in those words am I supposed to actually hear? Maybe I ask questions to try and understand, but to try and understand questions to try and understand what the person is saying (laughs) Um, and, and see what the message is because when people really, really desire is to be heard, you know, to be heard and to be validated and validating somebody does not make them right. It just Mm -hmm. makes them feel heard. And then from there, it softens everything. And then you can proceed, you know, mm. to actually like discover what the solution might be. Mm. I like the way you mentioned softness. Like it mm. does soften things up. And when you soften things up, you allow your, yourself to just kind of just kind of get into a flow state of conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you get into a flow state of conversation, you, you know, the conversation is just endless. You go into conversations about memories about, with your family into conversations about what what you can expect in the future and um you know just so much potential for um conversations that make both of you feel good 
and I think uh, experienced that more and more and more uh, recently, uh, just by, like I said, just uh, laying back a little bit, you know, just mm. maybe adding a little sense of humor, you know, maybe <laughs> add uh, some jokes here and there, make her laugh, because when it's really lighthearted, again, it goes back to a certain softness to it. Yeah. There's a certain feeling. And, and when that gets, they, the comfort level is just there. And when they're comfortable, it's, it's, uh, they open up more and more to you. So it's just an endless uh, amount of giving and receiving. You know what the beauty and what you're saying is? So you learned your wife, like you learned what makes her laugh. So, Mm. and then you, you know, you do the humor because you know, that actually like lands really well. Like that to me is so beautiful. Like you Mm. learned her so that you can navigate her. Like you can actually figure out ways to communicate in a way that works for her. And then, you know, vice versa. You know, I think when, when one partner does that, especially the relationships that that have issues and they're waiting for the other partner to do it. Like you, you fix this and then it will be better. And it's like, Hmm, what would happen if you fixed you <laughs> and right. you learn your person? And then what would happen? Maybe with a door be open to that person to then be like, okay, he's learned me. Let me, let me learn him. You know, like that flow, like sometimes it takes one person to do that deep reflection and they can make such a difference for the entire family. Wow. And that's, and that's really beautiful because, yeah, just uh, because when I speak about like, when you speak about trying to understand your wife like that or my wife like that, um, what I do is I, I find jokes or, you know, comments that she made maybe like two, three weeks ago <laughs> and I just slide it in there. Like, I like, you know, it's just like, it's not maybe even part of the conversation. I just slide it in there and she picks up on it. It's like, wait, mm. is that the joke that I said three <laughs> weeks ago that you're trying to bring into now? It's like, well, it's, you know, so it, it kind of pauses mm-hmm. and then we, we kind of find each other in that space and we laugh about it. Oh, I love that. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful uh, relationship to witness. Yes. So, and it's a beautiful relationship for your kids to witness. Mm. You know, yeah. they're seeing that example of, of relationship and they're seeing that example of love. Mm. Yeah, and even it goes as far as the physical because uh, my two-year-old, the wife and I, you know, we would just kind of kiss each other in the cheek and go, nah. And my two-year-old just like stare us down and just smile. And then, you know, when he has his time with me, then he would just, you know, put both hands on my cheeks and just, you know, it's like, (laughs) trying to emulate it, right? And, and, And it just... You know, he doesn't even have to see it now. It's just, it's just there. So he, he's wanting to give me that because he sees yes. um, his parents doing that as well, and in a loving way, and in a, in a joyful way, mm-hmm. right? Right? Because if we're able to relate joy to joy, he's going to see that as joy. Mm-hmm. And he can only give joy. Mm. Oh man! So I have an example of the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember this this was the main topic when when i when we decided to get a divorce this was actually the introduction topic of it because my daughter who was let's see this was about four years ago so she was 12 she asked me why is it that you and my dad never kiss and and never uh hug each other And, um, and I'm saying that because to show the point, just like how kids 
see the example of the loving couple who, yeah, you're going to have things, you're human beings. They, you know, you have the conflicts, but they also see you processing those. They also see you coming out to the other side and they see the, the couple, you know, the mom and the dad loving on each other, even in, you know, even pecks on the cheeks. That's what they see and grow up to see. And that's what they expect to see. You know, they expect to see their parents loving each other. They want that. And then when it doesn't happen, they notice that too. Yeah, <laughs> they notice that too. That's why you hear a lot of adults of parents who never did divorce and the adults will say, I wish my parents had because they noticed it. They notice it. Wow. And, um, and for us, that was the opening discussion. When, when we started talking about getting a divorce, we talked about, what example do we want our kids to continue to see? And because we were worried that eventually, you know, if we kept going, they would replicate yeah. this in their own marriage, you know, mm-hmm. they, and we had done everything. We'd done all the therapy, all the things that you're supposed to do. Supposed to, right. um, But it just, you know, it wasn't turning in years and years. Um, and so, and people sometimes will think, oh, divorce is always the first answer, but actually the research shows is uh, usually thought for two years before before it's brought up or before it's actually finalized in terms of like we are divorcing as a decision. I know for me, it was like five years before yes. before we actually went through it. And then I learned from him, it was 10 years. <laughs> so um, it's not something that people do lightly, but you know, for the yeah. couples that are together, that are married, that have married or, or not married, because you, you can obviously be in a relationship, not married. But yeah. if you have children, is your relationship does not come second. It doesn't come third. It doesn't come fourth. Like your kids don't even want that of you. Like they don't want you to let go of your relationship. Right. Their expectation is that you love each other and that you want to be with each other. That's the expectation. Mm. And so it's like rise to the expectation of your own kid and put right. yourself first, put your relationship right. second. Not that it's linear, um, right, but you know right, what I mean? Right, like, right, but yeah, right, like right, make right. sure you're, you're, you're pouring into yourself pour into your relationship and then you will be meeting tons of your children's needs by mm. doing both of that. Cause parenting even becomes easier. Yeah. And when you say pour into yourself, like what, what are like kind of the things that you've experienced and seen over the years of, of great examples of how people pour into themselves? Like when you say love yourself and for someone who doesn't love themselves, like how, how do we get to that point? Like, I think that's a interesting, um, a topic like how do we do that just like you said earlier where you said i've gotten so good at speaking my needs mm. um yeah. it's speaking the needs and 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 feeling worthy of them feeling like mm. of course i feel like this of course i need this mm. uh and speaking it to your partner so i hear because i'm around a lot of moms i hear a lot of the I do all the things. And then actually research does show that the mothers used to carry a heavier mental, mental load than, than the fathers, you know, doesn't mean the fathers don't have needs as well and aren't also over um, overdoing the given to everybody else, but themselves. Cause believe me, I hear that a lot too. (laughs) And you, you know, like, you know, you know that to be true also, but, um, but they're still carrying that load and how they think they're saying their needs is by um, 
I won't feel it to myself. What they think they're speaking the knees is by complaining about what they're doing. And complaining about what you're doing and asking for what you need are not the same thing. Two different things. Two yeah. completely different Ooh. things. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. It's like, what? I want to complain 20 times and not get what I want? Is that, is that how it's supposed to work? That's how, exactly how it works. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and at the same time, when you're complaining, you're in that lower state of anger, of fear, mm-hmm. of attachment, of shame. And resentfulness. how do we expect, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, all the yucky feelings. Mm-hmm. How do we rise above that other than give back to ourselves or, yeah, I don't, that's. It's speaking to your need, you know, like I need, I need you to, to, I need to rene- renegotiate our unwritten agreement with the care of the children. I need Saturday, especially if you're talking to a man, like just say right. exactly what you need. <laughs> Please say hey, no, 100%. It's like, what? Man, I need Saturdays yeah. from eight to one. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to have solo time so I can go do the things I, li- I want to do. Does that work for you? Or how can we make that happen? Nice. You know, um, as opposed to like, I'm always with the kids, like mm-hmm. all the time, and I mm-hmm. never get any time for yeah. myself. Yeah. That results in two completely different answers you're right because you're not asking for anything you're really. not asking for a thing <laughs> there was no there's no question mark in there <laughs> just dot 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 exclamation <laughs> and even if you say you know and even then like it continues you never help with the kids like mm, i'm always yeah. doing all this stuff can't you just right. help that is not asking for your need like mm. is 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 just what is your need speak to your need the really good book on this is nonviolent communication actually mm. Mm. um because that whole book is about speaking to your needs oh, man. um even when you're telling your kids something to do like come on like what do you actually need like why are you mm. saying it you know <laughs> what's your particular need um, so the same, yeah, I would say that that, that point into yourself starts with being able to identify how you want to feel, what do you need, and then asking for it. Mm. And do you find like, would it, the easiest way to do that, would that be writing it out or just like, how, how, how do other people ponder? Cause I personally write them out. And I, what I found with the wife as well, is like when we write each other, like a letter, of our expectations and mm-hmm. maybe stuff that is not being met we find that actually to be really helpful it's like when i read mm-hmm. it on paper i can see it multiple times and from different angles mm-hmm. and she's asking me this one thing but i've i didn't provide it in so many ways and it's like okay nice i can see this now and then i can approach it and write even more stuff on it on paper like have you experienced anything like that on your end I love that. And I'm super curious. So do you guys like tr- do it digitally or like an actual letter and you hand it to each other? How do and, you guys do it? Yeah, yeah. Do it on paper. And yeah, just writing it out on paper. And, and it feels so good to just do it on paper. Yeah, because mm. sometimes like when I go to work, like I would stuff it in my backpack. Mm-hmm. And I would forget get about it like months later. And then I see it. I was like, whoa, no, no man, that's not what I want to see. But I can see now that I've improved. Uh-huh. And, you know, just like not even thinking about it. It's funny how that works when you don't think about it and it just falls on your lap. Mm, like, that is you know so 
cool and super like cute too yeah, like yeah, i yeah. love that yeah no it's funny and maybe we can you know be cool about it and write it and then send it out in the mail and get it back yeah. and you know just be fun <laughs> and creative with it i love that idea yeah, okay yeah. so one thing that i've done is relationship check-ins mm. um so it would be when i have a set of like questions in fact, I'll see if I can put the, the PDF in, in this for the podcast. But one of the questions would be, for example, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being awesome, you know, zero, obviously not the opposite of awesome. Uh, how much do you feel my love? And then there's Ooh, how much, how much do, do, um, how important do you, do you feel to me, for example? And then mm. the person then can answer and say, seven i i feel about a seven on importance to you and so then my job would be to say what can i do to get you to a 10 and then the person gets to say exactly what they need to do to get to a 10 Mm -hmm. i've ran into this from um women more than men where the the woman will say well, I don't want to tell you to, um, to hug me more because then you're only going to do it because I asked you to. And um, I think it's important. And if the male was to feel the same way, like if he's like, I don't want, I don't want you to, to, to I don't think yeah. a guy's going to feel <laughs> a guy's going to be like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> But anyway, so like, uh, let's say either one was to feel like that. I always try to tell them they're doing it because they want to please you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's why they're doing it. Like, if they're actually doing something that you've asked them to do is for the desire to make you happy. Allow that person to have that that desire fulfilled of making you happy, Mm -hmm. giving you exactly what you asked of them. <laughs> right. And it's really just reframing is what it sounds like. It's like this person sees it one way of as a negative thing, but really if you want to give it from your own self after pouring into yourself, giving it, I want to hug you because I, I, I enjoy hugging you. I just mm-hmm. like, because like when, and I even feel it in myself, it's like when I get distant, it's like, because I don't, I don't hug my wife. I don't touch my mm. wife. You know, you, you kind of do the crossing of, you know, you high five and see you later kind of thing, but mm-hmm. there's no, there's no touching in that. And that's, I, I feel the sensations of just even placing my hand on her shoulder. You know, yeah. it, 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 it feels good. And, you know, it's like knowing that I'm here. Yeah. I'm here with you and I'm touching you for a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm placing my hands on you for a reason. Yeah. And it, it's a different feeling coming from that place of wanting to give, like you said. Yeah. And it starts, you know, like if they're asking for more, um, let's say somebody is asking, I want you to, I want to feel like you want me, you know, um, mm. then, and that person's like, I got, I got the assignment, you know, and I'm going to mm. do the things that won't want me. I'm always going to then wonder to the person asking whatever they're asking and how much of that have you given to yourself? Mm. So do you want yourself, you know, do, do you touch yourself? Do you say words of affirmation to yourself? Do you give Mm. to yourself? Mm. So like that always has to be asked of, of self-asked even like, well, what I'm desiring for my partner, have I first started by doing towards myself? Because it might feel really uncomfortable to receive it if you aren't 
used to receiving that even from yourself. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I think I'm going to go back and re- listen to this a couple of times because, yeah, I could definitely <laughs> see myself writing this out, you know, on a scale and just kind of seeing how it plays out and seeing how that evolved, like maybe make it an assignment of six months at a time mm-hmm. and just use that as a gauge to, to come back to center and be like, okay, is there anything that needs to be worked on? Because I get sidetracked as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not fully paying attention to what her needs are. Maybe yeah, I'm focusing too much on my needs now, and yep. she's kind of left in the dark. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it's definitely, I think, a a flow. Yeah, a flow. of you know that self reflection, and then that awareness. And I'm thinking as I'm talking, I'm thinking that's definitely happened with me too, where where I've had to be aware and say, okay, am I meeting my partner's needs, hmm. and Am I in tune with them? Because um, again, I can't just wait for the person to specify their needs. I'm I'm responsible mm. for 50% of that relationship. Right, you know, right, so right. that includes also what I'm giving. Mm. And that constant self, I mean, self-awareness is everything. Oof, I've I've asked before people, how do you want to feel? And they can't answer. Wow. They don't know. They don't right. know. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, we got to yeah. sit with that first, you yeah. know, and, and then we can move forward. Because how will you know what you need to do if you, you, if you won't know how you feel when you're there? Wow. That's, that's so interesting because there's just like a void there. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if you were to bring that question up, like you said, to someone who doesn't ask within themselves, there's just a void. It's like, uh mm-hmm. like how, how where do i begin <laughs> there's no there's no start and end point it's just space it's like uh, nothing yeah huh. yeah so all of these things that we're talking about like this is now how i define love like this is now mm-hmm. what love is for me uh-huh. and is all of this like you know the things that you're talking about with your wife and the things that that we talk about with that self-awareness and Right. The giving to self, you know, to be able to give to others, the stating the needs like that to me mm-hmm. is what love like it's not a feeling, you know, like yeah. if you rely on that feeling, oh, my goodness, forget it. You know, like that, that's only that's, on, that's only <laughs> one idea of this feeling. It's like you're so directed. And it's just a single lane. And it's just there's no real flow to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the best kind of love, in my opinion, is that love where you where you're both how you were saying earlier, your wife's your best is your best teacher is that love where you're both pinging each other for growth. Mm. You know, like you you're elevating each other, you're you're able to grow as people individually, and then you're able to grow as a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even it's a. kind of translated to just being out in public you know let's say on days that i or weeks i don't touch her at all let's say i were to go out and go for a walk that translate to me not wanting to hold her hand Mm. or just be more you know just uh, just showing my love to her in public and in a sense that weighs on me and be like hey am i just going out with her just as a companion like who who is she to me now Mm -hmm. i'm questioning myself Versus if I were just to hold her hand, touch her shoulders, and yeah. just laugh a little bit more, um, you know, she's going to want to do the same and, and smile more and, and give her joy to other people. And, um, you know, people will always feel that. Mm-hmm. I love that self-awareness you have. You really do. Mm. 
You so. do. <laughs> <laughs> you start from a place of giving and you, you've learned that if I start from a place of giving, I also am able to receive. Yeah. And the giving piece as well for me, uh, what I've learned, and this has been throughout all my relationships with just anyone, my dad, sister, coworkers, strangers, it's like, when I'm coming in as interested in them and I start asking questions, very specific questions, like, why is it that you feel this way? Why do you think this way? Openly and honest without shame or fear of judgment from them coming, you know, to me, you know, they're, they're kind of in shock in some ways. It's like, Mm. wow, this guy is actually curious in what I think and how I feel. And let me give him the answer that um, I know true uh, to be true to myself. And, that's when the real conversations start. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they speak about things that they don't. I've I've heard so many times. Hey, don't tell anyone I told you this because I'm uh. only telling you <laughs> and because I asked the right question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. I love that. Mm. And all it's true because all of, everything we've talked about affects you know relationships with other people. Like it's all applicable. Not yeah. just our partners, not just our we've you know been primarily talking intimate romantic partner, but yeah. it's again it relates to parenthood, relates to our family, our friends, ourselves, like all yeah. of this. It's all is all the same. One yeah. just happens to be intimate and romantic, right. <laughs> but right. they're all relationships. You know, they're mm. all forms of various relationships. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm I'm happy to have this relationship with you as well, having this open-ended conversation of just experiencing and detailing stuff that sometimes I don't even think about, you know. <laughs> Likewise. I love our podcasting together because it's like we get to like really rabbit hole yeah. into like various yeah. topics and, and we never know where it's gonna go. Like no. I mean, you know, like we don't plan out the whole yeah. talk. We have a topic and then we just talk. Yeah. Um, and I think because we're so aligned, because we're both parents, mm. because we're both, you know, people, uh, adults who experience relationships, right. like it's just all it gets. We we ping each other <laughs> and exactly. literally it's like we ping each other and go deep into topics. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I said, it's just all self-awareness and mm-hmm. I really, I really enjoy it. And I'm really thankful and grateful uh, for just being here right now. Right. The same, the yeah. same.